the people had fallen into great hopelessness and sadness because of the hearts of men. Deceived by self-ambition, pain, greed. All those things that seem contrary to God in this destructive place, this destructive land. The God of this land prophesied that he would make a way. So he sent into the world his own son who would be king one day. He'd be born fairly lowly, remain fairly hidden until he was around 33 years old. When he came into the world, he was just a boy. But when it was time to minister, he was a 33-year-old man full of power and full of the Holy Spirit. His message was of love, of encouragement, of hope, peace. He shared about loving your neighbor as yourself and loving the one who sent him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We know him as Jesus. We know him as Savior, as King. And you've heard this story a million times. And it's almost like a bedtime story or something you tell people about. Have you heard the story of Jesus? But this is no fairy tale. And throughout my message today, I'm going to show you how God's great love has been mimicked and sent out to the world, this message of a Savior, through more than just a Christian message. I'm going to show you how big God's love is I want to show you how and why Jesus had to come as a Savior and what it meant to Jesus to be a Savior and what that means for for you and I. Because I've heard this story a million times, not just through churches, through media, through TV shows, through pop culture. But today the goal is just to share with you that this is real. And as Coco already shared today, that this isn't just some great event that happened 2,000 years ago, that it is just as real, just as important today as it was when Jesus died. So pray with me. Father, I thank you so much already for this presence that is here today. There's such a reverence in your house to what you have done. And I thank you, God, that you will speak through me today and that you will encourage our people that this may be the first time or the 151st time that they've heard this word, that it would be real, that it would anchor in their heart today, and that you would show yourself strong in your house. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, Jesus the Savior. John chapter 3, 16. Let's read it together off by heart. For God, that he gave his only son in order that all those who, what? You've got to be louder than that. All those who will not be destroyed but have eternal life. Now, last week, what did we learn? Eternal life is today. We can have that relationship with God today. But it's John 3.17, the verse straight afterwards that I don't think many people have memorized, but it's just as important. Let's read it. It's on the screen, I hope. John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, what does the world view Christianity as today? that we are condemning, that we are like this, this cult that it's all about, hey, if you don't meet these standards, then you can't come into our church. You know, like 
And that's not true, definitely not true of this church, but that's a common misconception of the people in the world. And throughout the day, I'll, I'll, throughout this message, I'll explain who the world, quote unquote, is. But this is so important. For God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn it, but to save it. That through him, we all might be saved. And the word that Karina spoke about in worship is salvation. Okay, Jesus and salvation go hand in hand. And, you know, when you're preparing a message like this, it's very easy to focus on what happened at the cross. Okay, because it is mightily important. But we've already been ministered to God, uh, from God today, and I'm not really going to go into that today. My heart is not to dwell, to delve or, or think too much on the past. It's on the present. And salvation, as she mentioned today, the, the Hebrew word for it is Yeshua. Did you know that? It, Yeshua is also Jesus. And in the Greek, it's soteria, which means health, healing, wholeness, prosperity, and protection. Write that down if you didn't know that before. God and Jesus are more interested in every part of our life. That salvation doesn't just mean that we got the fire insurance and, and don't go to hell. It's much, much more than that. It's about us being healthy. God is so interested in that. Our healing, our wholeness. Being whole people. That's something I really desire to have in my life. I'm not saying I'm there. Very much not there. But I know that he is the helper. And he will get me there. Prosperity. You know, it's a message that many churches have have steered away from. Because they're afraid of this prosperity message. But that's Jesus. Jesus is all about us being full and prosperous. And obviously, his protection. He is our father. So let's just briefly talk about it. Why did Jesus come as our savior? I like to use the L word. You know when people say, hey, you're a loser, and they go like this, and they think that you're, you're nobody? Jesus was very interested in the nobodies. Did you know that? He was very close to those who were far apart, far away from him. And I like to say he came for the lost, the last, and the least. The kingdom is upside down, okay? You give in the kingdom, you get money back. If you want to be last, God makes you first, you know? And yet, we're in this rat race today, where everyone wants to be number one. Is that right? You, you are motivated to be the best version of yourself, or you're motivated to be number one. But if you're number one in the rat race, it just means you're the number one rat. And we don't want that, okay? We don't even want to be a part of that race. God is interested. <laughs> I've been there. I've tried it. You know, I've tried to climb that ladder, and it really does go nowhere, okay? The lost, the last, and the least. And we're going to talk about um, an amazing parable that, that Jesus spoke about himself when he was criticized for hanging out with such people. You know, he, Jesus came alive when he was in the presence of sinners. You know, wherever he went because of his uh, development and growing as a rabbi, people would say, Rabbi, teacher, tell me something. Speak about it. Because he was a celebrity, remember? He was Jesus. He was the king. And it reminds me a bit of the message last week. You know, imagine if you had a, a servant king, someone to follow you around everywhere, a celebrity opening doors for you, and you know, you'd be blown away. But Jesus came, and people wanted from him. You know, they were always like, "Hey, Jesus, tell me something." Especially think about the rich young ruler. He was like, "Tell me something so it could be benefit me." And a lot of people are like that with Jesus. They were coming to him saying, "Okay, tell me something so I can grow in my knowledge." And that wasn't, that was a, 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 a you and me thing with Jesus. Yet when the poor, when the, 
when the unsaved came to Jesus, they knew it was all Jesus and nothing to do with them. They embraced that Jesus would cover them and protect them and save them. And it was not selfish. It was all what Jesus could do, not what man could do. You see, God the Creator knows man's heart. And we we all have that, that hole in our heart that's made just for him. We'll talk about that a bit later. We've learnt in other uh, verses or other, other teachings leading up to this about the first Adam and what Jesus had, lo- uh, what Jesus had brought back, what Adam had lost. But all of this is motivated by really one simple answer. Why did Jesus come as Savior? For you and me. He loves you and me. So much. So much it's scary. But what did it mean to be the Savior? Is someone who's a really good reader? Be bold. Oh, Karina's back. Yes. I actually asked Karina to do it earlier. She's going to read. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. It's actually Luke. Luke 15. Why is it saying John? Now, in context, remember, he, Jesus used to get riddled, ridiculed for hanging out with these lost people, these losers, so to speak, by, by social standards. And that's why they said you can't be the Messiah. Because remember that the Jews were waiting for this conquering king, this great Messiah to take them uh, to, to bliss and wonderful life. And they still are. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come. Yet when Jesus was ridiculed in the context of this story, he sat down with tax collectors and sinners and said, you know what, I'm going to give a teaching that will explain my heart for these people. Now the tax collector and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for i have found my sheep that was lost just so i tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance or the woman or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of my property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine came across. A severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. 
and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, These many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? And he said to his son, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. He was lost, now he's found. Remember the context again. These guys were saying, this dude Jesus hangs out with losers. What good is his message? And he says, yo, listen here. Give you three stories. Let's start with the sheep, the lost sheep. Tell me a shepherd you know that would go after one lost sheep when he's got 100, when when he's got 99 left behind. Anyone? That's step one. Who would call and tell your mates that you found your lost sheep? How many, how many shepherds would do that in the world? No one. If I got a call from Ben saying, mate, I just found my lost sheep having a bit of a party, I'd be like, bang, hang up. That's, that's not cool. That's not great news. Yeah, for this shepherd, it was. And, and you've got to remember in context, this is a story of repentance. And I'll explain a, little, a bit in a second. What shepherd would leave the 99 find the lost one, pick it up with comfort and put it on his shoulders and joyfully bring it back to the fold. When you lose a dog or a puppy, it's naughty. Don't go away. You want to smack it all the time. And you probably do that with a lost sheep. you know. If, and that's normal. That's normal behavior to discipline someone that's gone away. But not Jesus. He rejoiced. He picked it up like a lost baby and put it on his shoulders. It's Like I said, the kingdom's upside down and a bit and a bit around, does my head in. But that's what Jesus is like. That's the saviour that we're talking about. What about the lost coin? Yeah? I, I, I don't rejoice when I lose money. <laughs> Yet, 
when he found it, when this old woman, she found the, the thing. She wanted to have a party. She invited all of her mates over. That's an excuse for a party that I do not understand. <laughs> I don't know what they do at that age, but I'm sure it's not that. But that's the story of finding what was lost. Mm-hmm. And the last one is the, probably the most famous story, the prodigal son. As other people have said it's the, the story about the son who stayed home. But in context of this story, the man that was away, the boy that, that blew away his inheritance, who can answer this question? Why did he come home? It's in there. You can look over the notes again. Came to his senses, yes. He was... He was hungry. He literally looked down and he was eating with pigs and he goes, mate, even the servants in the house ate better than this. I'll go back just to be a servant. So he was motivated by his belly. And that's a typical man thing, okay? When we're hungry, we're hangry. And we've got to eat. But that's a selfish thing, right? To be motivated by that. And yet the father ran to him. While he was afar off, the scripture says, while he was yet afar off, the father ran to him. Covered him, put his robe on him, gave him a ring, had a real party, slaughtered the calf. You know, it was a massive thing for the son to come home. And yet, it was selfishness that brought him back. I can speak of that selfishness in my life. Okay, I only came to become a Christian to get married to a Christian girl. I'm being honest. What they call it, flirt to convert? That's what happened to me. Okay, it was selfishness why I came. I've had other people that come for the music. I've literally heard these things. I've come for the music. The music's great. Yet, how awesome is it that when God, for whatever reason you came to Him, the light gets brighter. You know, the relationship gets deeper. And then you start to live His ways and you want to be like Him. You, you grow in that relationship with Him. That's, that's so cool. You don't need much, just that little bit of faith. Remember I said the last, the lost, and the least. Just the least amount of faith, the size of a mustard seed, to go for him. You know, I've heard terrible, uh, been in services before where, where people have said from the front, you know, come up and get prayer if you have that faith, because I'm not going to pray for you if you don't have faith. Just stay there. The fact that they're standing and wanting to come up is faith. A little bit of faith. You know, and, and, and God wants to reward those who seek him, I understand, but he's the one that does the running. He's the one that chases after the lost son. He's the one that puts the lamb on his shoulders and rejoices when, when that, that thing is saved. That's the God we serve. That's, the, that's Jesus the Savior. And I love that he shared this story in front of all of these haters that were ridiculing him. He's like, no, that's really who I am. That's the, Father. that's the Father's love coming. Jesus also came... To be used. I'll give you an example. In John six thirty five, he's called the calls himself the bread of life. Okay, now who's had at home cooked bread before? The smell that goes through your house, best thing in the world, isn't it? Is that bread made to when it's cooked? Look at it and go, man, that's a beautiful loaf of bread. I'll just admire it from afar. No, <laughs> that thing is in my belly. That's that's to eat. Right, and Jesus calls himself that he wants to be eaten of. And that's what the, the unsaved, the sinners did. When they were in Jesus' prison, they were, they adored him. They wanted to be with him. Okay, they drew from him. And that's what Jesus loved. 
There's many stories in the Bible where Jesus was tired and run down, and yet when the people came to him, even in that tired state, it empowered him. Okay, He walked away stronger, fitter, like he'd just been you know, given the buzz, and that buzz was the lost. In John 4.14, the story of the lady at the well, he calls himself the living water. Now, those who drink from me will never go thirsty again. And I don't know if you've ever been really, truly hungry before. In this country, it shouldn't happen. But I've been borderline, really, really hungry. And there's only two things that you think of when you're hungry. Bread and water. You want something to quench your thirst, and you want something to eat. And it's cool that Jesus used both of those to explain who he is. Jesus is the savior of the world, just like in that story. But the world feels like we condemn them. They feel separate. They, they, they wonder, why would I want to be a Christian? Those guys are crazy. They're the ones that hold the, you know, the, the signs outside parliament or they're the ones that are writing against homosexuality and all that sort of stuff. It just seems like judgment, judgment, judgment. And I've got a lot of unsaved friends and that's how they speak. You know, I like to call myself a bit of a, a covert Christian, you know, undercover where they find out that I'm a Christian later and they go, wow, man, that's, there's something different about you. I like that. I'm not that overt about it. But they desire to know the truth. People in general in society want to know the truth. That's why they will look in all sorts of areas. They, you, you hear of people telling stories, they'll Wikipedia how the world came to be or, or what sort of group to join. or And, and they just are headless. They don't know uh, what they don't know. And if we're not doing a job to tell people the truth, that God is awesome, that God is love, that he is peace, and that his son is there to save us, I'm sure that people would come to him. And in this search for truth, you know that the world will find it in any way they can. And I want to show you something just now to illustrate it, that people desire it so much that the story that I shared at the start of this message is a story they've heard a hundred times. Yet they won't acknowledge that it's Christ. Okay? Follow me here. Who's a Star Wars fan? Put your hand up over that side. Many Star Wars fans. If I break the Star Trek, <laughs> it's all on now. Star Wars collectively has grossed over 560, no, 56 billion, 500 million from the start of time. Galaxy far, far away. They have a lot of money. So people pay to see this stuff. Okay. And yet the whole saga is about this great force that is around the planet that creates life. Okay. And it conceived a chosen hero one day. Okay? Darth Vader has no father. He came into this world, and although he came across you know, many obstacles and walked away, the conflict that happened brought him back to bring balance to what they call the Force. Okay? He was a prophesied savior. And all through that film, especially the prequels, they talk about this prophesied coming hero. And that's Star Wars. And people are like, oh, I don't, I'm not into Star Wars. You might not be, but that's a, that's a story of a, what they call a messianic thread throughout literature. And that's a big, big moneymaker. 
the world right now is going crazy for this show called Game of Thrones. Okay, it's heavy as, full of violence and, and terrible things, but the thread of the story is that while people are, are, are battling with power and greed and all those things that are in the world today, these clashing clans or clashing houses, there is a prophesied hero that was foretold thousands of years before that would lead them through this dark time. The guy that's on the screen right there, his name's John. John was even betrayed and killed by his own people that he came to love, the own people he was trying to protect. Then what happened a few days later? They raised him from the dead. Raised him from the dead, and now he's king. Spoilers. <laughs> but now he's king. And, and people, when I hear the unsaved talk about this, they go on and on about it. They literally rave about it. And you're like, yeah, heard this story before. <laughs> I, I've seen this movie before. You know? And they, and they talk about it like they know it inside and out. And I'm like, dude, you guys just don't get it. Let's go to one of New Zealand's, the thing that put New Zealand on the map, Lord of the Rings. Who's heard of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Silly if you haven't. Under a rock. The story in that, again, a crazy world full of hate and this great threat of evil, uh, is going to overshadow and overtake the world. Yet, a prophesied hero, would come on the line of kings and lead men into victory. Aragorn, they call him, which actually is elvish for hope. So hope coming into the world to save the world of men. Seen it, loved it, it's awesome. The Lion King, my favorite movie of all time. They're doing a new one. Just became the number one Broadway show of all time. Overtook... The Phantom of the Opera. That, and the reason I'm telling you this is because people are paying money to, to, to watch this stuff. Okay? A boy who was destined to be king, again, finds conflict, walks away from what, uh, reasonably hidden. Hakuna Matataring his life away from all his responsibility, yet his father in heaven called out to him, remember who you are. Go and claim what is yours. You are the rightful king and save our land. Mufasa's call. Superman, comics, number one, hero. <laughs> You're waving up the bit. You like that show? Awesome. <laughs> jo- Jor-El, am I saying it right? Jor-El, his father? Jor-El sent his son as his world into, into this world to save this world, literally from the heavens into our world. Superhuman strength, an incredible hero. Although he's all about America, he really is a picture of the Savior. And don't even let me get started on the Matrix. Okay? Same diff. And the reason I showed that is because in so- Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's, there's, there's heaps. I actually Googled it last night to see if my, my, my notes were correct. There's actually a ton of them. And I just chose those ones because they're making the most money today. People are just throwing money at it. They're desiring it. They're going, tell me about this story. you know. And it's funny to us. We're just like, we hear that every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And what it tells me is that Jesus desires to be Savior to those people as well. The lost that are desiring this stuff. you know. And sometimes I've had to mask... When I've told people, I've masked this story in another way and told it a different way. <laughs> you know, using wizardry or 
or you know, fantasy lands and all that sort of stuff. Because that, that, they, they feed off it. As soon as you tell them, oh, it's Christian, come to church Sunday, they're like, whoa, no thanks. That's not God's fault. You know, that's what we've been doing. Are we representing? We learned about it last week, you know, or every time you come to this community. What are we doing to represent Jesus? Because if they knew what we knew, they'd be coming in droves into the house of God. But the, but what they understand from the outside is just not truly Him. So that's why it comes, that's why it's on us. Us to tell people the truth. And when you hear them talk about the, the, the latest show or, or whatever it could, whatever it might be, use it as an opportunity to say, man, I know the greatest story ever told. You know, the story that is pertinent to me and it's pertinent to you. And it doesn't involve, you know, dungeons and dragons. It involves a king and a God who would send his only son in the world, not to condemn you, but to love you. And as a saviour, it's for today. I can't stress that enough. We, Karina said it in worship, but let's be honest. Put your hands up if you have asked for God's help in the last week. <laughs> Every hand should be up here. So he's still saving us today, right? Yeah, and that's what I want people to know. Like He is not only a saviour then, He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Okay? And he is our ever-present help in time of trouble. He's with you when you drive. He's with you when you are going for a job interview. Uh, he's interested in your life when you're going through marriage troubles or relationship issues. We still need a savior then as well. And it doesn't have to be, you know, climactic. It doesn't have to have this big crescendo at the end of a, of an amazing story. He is so interested in the small parts of our life. That's why I love the story of the widow's mite because it's really 10 cents. You know, who gets happy over 10 cent piece? But Jesus does, you know? And throughout your life, a lot of people think that they are, don't qualify. I've heard it a million times. Like, I'm not good enough for this awesome God. I, I, I've done too much wrong. I've got a bad past and Sean, you don't know what I've done in my past. And I'll tell you now. That Jesus is a better savior than you are a sinner. Okay? He is a better savior than you are a sinner. We might have done all sorts of bad things in our life, but there is nothing, nothing that can separate us. And in fact, when we accept by faith that free gift of salvation, when we accept that, yes, I want to do things your way, no matter what my motives, I want to start my relationship today. God's the one that comes in and, and covers it up. Okay, he says that I remember your sin no more. As far as from the east to the west, I've forgotten it. It's no longer a thing. We make it a thing. We make sin a, a, an issue. But as we've learned throughout the weeks, sin is not an issue with God. It's done, taken care of. But he desires what? The lost to be found. He desires intimate, meaningful relationship with us. So just where you are right now, why don't you just close your eyes and think. Think about where, you, where you're at today. Is Jesus your saviour? Is he your hope? Is he your health, your healing, your wholeness? 
Do you trust him to protect you? Do you trust him to provide for you? Because remember, this is all things that Jesus himself desires to be. He called himself the bread of life. He's the one that wants to be eaten, to be partaken of. That's a cool, cool God we serve. So that's you today, and you feel that, hey, I'm not quite there yet. I, my heart is uh, a bit unbalanced, and I'm not sure exactly if I know what salvation truly means. I want in your heart to truly do business with God, to ask him to come in. Say, God, I thank you for your love. And I want Jesus to be my savior. No matter what's happened in the past, even if you've called yourself a Christian up to this day, that today is the day of salvation. I love that verse. This is the day the Lord has made for you. You might have strayed away from him in your heart or in your life, but just like that lost sheep, Jesus lifts you up, puts you back on his shoulders and rejoices, coming back to him. This is real. So Father, I pray that you would come right now and just touch our hearts that today Jesus you want to be saviour again (laughs) and again and again in our lives you love it when we call out to you and right now some of us Father are calling out for help we're saying that we want you in our lives we want you to be more than a fairy tale be more than a movie be more than some TV show we want you to be real in our lives we desire a relationship, but we know you desire a relationship with us. So God, I just thank you for who you are. I just pray that you would come powerfully now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How you all doing? Okay? Benny, got anything to share? I don't want people to go if that's been you today, if you felt like you're one of the lost, the least or the last. That Jesus is that, you know, better saviour than we are a sinner. Don't leave here without getting prayer, coming up and seeing one of the one of the leaders, one of us. But this has been a pretty cool service today, and I want to thank you all for coming. We love you guys a lot. We'll bring the billy on. We'll uh Oh, food's out already, watermelon. So be blessed. Have a great week. Uh, next week, everyone will be back from Bree. Yep, and it'll be awesome. Love you guys. Make sure you share the love before you go. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is cool. And we'll see you next week. Bye.